0: mm yeah. Kumu Kokua. Because Kumu
1: Cares. We're doing Kumu Kokua, and this is where we bring in Hawai'i's leaders and experts to talk about the issues that you care about. Uh, Talking about the COVID-19 crisis, of course, and Hawai'i's response to it. This morning, we got our weekly update. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Josh Green live in the studio with us.
0: We know that you want to hear the latest and the greatest from uh, what's going on with our COVID-19 response. So, Lieutenant Governor, uh, what What you got
1: for us? Yeah, top of mind for you right now.
2: Um, Top of mind. Is getting everyone the final recommendations so that we can, in less than a month, be prepared for what may come. Uh, certainly, we are worried about the mainland, like everybody. Yeah. the The case count for the state of Hawaii, for our state, is 926 right now. Still, 18 fatalities, and lowest in the in the nation as far as mortality rate, which is just extraordinary. However, we're we're very mindful that the mainland is surging. That won't change my approach uh, to making sure that we're prepared no matter what. Uh, Adding this extra layer of a test on where the rules have been um, getting clearer and more tightened by the day. We now do have an agreement with CVS and we are uh, getting close to two more major national agreements. So it'll be very easy for people to get a test within 72 hours before coming to Hawaii. And when I say easy, I mean doable. Mm. Uh, It's never gonna be easy, especially if there are some testing places out there that are overwhelmed. However. These agreements allow for anybody to get a test without having to have a doctor's note. So doctor's order, that's that's the key. Because we want people to come in negative. We know now, based on the Alaska data, that about one out of every 330 to 350 people are traveling as asymptomatic carriers of COVID. So three oh, out of a 1,000. Hang on. What really? Yeah, say
1: that again one more time.
2: So, about three out of a thousand people that are just out there roaming around traveling or whatever, Mm -hmm. and that's this is pretty consistent with the national numbers of of infections. In fact, it's lower than a lot of places. Those who travel, you can expect about three out of a thousand to be positive, which means that if we have 10,000 travelers in a day, if that happens, which would be you know, we're used to 30,000 a day, we would Mm -hmm. have about 30 people walking around here. And they could infect others. However, with the test, we can decrease that by 70%. So we can take that 30 people walking around down to 8 or Mm 9. That's still
0: pretty terrifying. Uh, 8 or 9 is
2: fine. Think about it. Because if 8 or 9 people happen to come and they're asymptomatic, they're not particularly contagious, we may get a similar number infected of people, which is, you know, we don't want anyone infected. On the flip side, we will not be totally shut down and not everyone will be unemployed. And our hospitals Mm. are totally safe. We continue to have complete capacity available Mm -hmm. in our ICU and and on ventilators and so on. So someday, someday, Hawaii will reopen. And though it's not my um, preference to open, uh, whether there's any risk, the reality is people are allowed to fly uh, in the United States, The, the governor nor I are able to tell people you can't fly. It's just not legal. And so what we can do is we can continue to quarantine people unless we prove to ourselves that they're negative. And that's what we'll do. So we'll leap leap ahead of all other uh, parts of the world as far as safety. And we will probably be, in our own way, uh, steering the kind of travelers that are going to come to Hawaii to be the most responsible. People that are willing to go out and drop $139 for a test each Mm. who will be negative before they come here. And I expect people to take longer vacations because, first, Hawaii is going to be a great place to be when there's very few people here. Second, they've gone through the trouble of getting a test. And third, there's probably going to be a lot of upgrades available and what have you because the the hotels are pretty empty, so Mm. very empty. So I think that what will happen is we will have a a slow, safe reopening in August and September with this test. It won't be completely perfect, but it will be as safe as humanly possible. And look, if there's suddenly 100,000, 150,000 cases a day in the mainland, you know. I'm not going to say on on the air or publicly what we'll do, but you can imagine mm. if it's that bad, we're gonna we're gonna mm. be serious about any kind of conversations we have with with airlines and so on. If it's just too dangerous, mm-hmm. so uh, I'm on it, and we just I want people to know what to expect. I think within 72 hours of travel, there will have to be a test. We will have contact tracing, like galore. We'll we'll press toward 500 contact tracers. We will press toward 10,000 tests available per day in the state of Hawaii so we can test anyone that we're worried is in a cluster. We went digital with our system yesterday so we can now actually do a better job with the quarantine uh, regulations and policing the quarantine. And so we're upping our game, hopefully, in every way. And I just want people to be reassured that we're doing very well and you guys are safe. I'm not so sure about Texas and California. Oh, man but I am sure that you are safe right now and we'll keep it that way.
0: Sounds like Florida is getting up there too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, Florida's Mm -hmm. jacked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The August 1st date, is it possible because of the skyrocketing cases in some parts of the mainland that that date could be moved back? Is that a possibility?
2: Well, that was the part I wasn't going (laughs) to (laughs) say.
1: That's why I just said it. I mean, look, I,
2: I don't want to discourage anyone's work or preparations, but if there are Look, if there are tens of thousands of cases going on in Arizona, I think that the better part of Valor is going to be that nobody schedules flights out of Arizona and they, they postpone those kind of things. I mean, I don't think anyone, the, the people that I'm working with, the CEOs and the um, the chief medical officers of the states, their states, ours, these companies, they're very thoughtful, sober people, uh, and they, they're, they're taking into account exactly what we're taking into account mm. as citizens, what would be safe. Uh, if... If, however, the rate is not that bad four or five weeks from now and we have this testing program in place, we're probably not going to continue to, you know, totally lock it down and have 22 percent unemployment and one out of five people seeking food subsidies. You know, Mm. I mean, there are these balances that are out there, but health is going to come first. And if we have to, you know, if we have to go slower, we'll go slower. Mm-hmm. And, and I want people to be reassured. I'm having a lot of meetings with people from the community, making sure that I'm listening to what their concerns are. And I know people are scared. I don't want you guys to be scared, but it's it's a real thing. And we, uh, you know, someone here writes, "What about cruise ships?" And I, I, think cruise ships are a bad idea for a while. Everyone should be wearing masks and doing sanitizer. Absolutely, it's just you know people want to know whether there's a clear marker in time of how many cases before we shut down, yeah. there's not a magic number. The not magic number is not 37, okay? The, the magic number is, are we doing a very good job and able to trace and test around so we don't have clusters spread? And that is an analytical uh, approach that we have to know day in, day out we can meet. Uh, also, more important to me is... Do we have hospital capacity and plenty of it? Do we have ventilators and plenty of them so that we don't get anywhere near the ninety percentile that you're seeing in Arizona or or in Florida where you surge and you go right you run right past it and then you're dead. So I'm not gonna let that happen. Mm. Long before that happened, long before that happened, we would scale back on multiple things and then then you would see the discussions of, you know, where we ramped up, people want okay, what goes down first? Well, the first thing that should go down, this one is not particularly toxic to anybody, is groups of 10. Just, there's no reason at all right now to have parties of more than 10 people. If you have a first birthday, postpone it a month. If, um, you know, if, with maybe the exception of a funeral service where you gotta do it, right? Um, just delay a little bit, because groups of 10 are very safe, Uh, it's easier to manage social distancing always, and it's very, very low likelihood of spread. So your little cohort of family and maybe one other, it's good, safe. Don't go out if you're sick. Now, you go up to 25, then 50. 50 is a number that's too high. Mm -hmm. And so to the extent possible, really keep those cohorts small. Uh, do, Do very good jobs in churches and so on, which super, super um, responsible people for the most part. So that would be maybe my exception. Uh, but that that tells us that certain approaches in restaurants and bars are gonna be a challenge. And we're already seeing, and, and I'm a big supporter of the restaurants and bars in general, but we're seeing that restaurants, indoor dining is a lot more risky. It's It's been found mm-hmm. to be 19 times, in the first studies, 19 times more risky dining indoors in close proximity to people rather than dining outdoors it might be prudent for us to dine outdoors and of course do takeout which is great mm. but dining outdoors let me just say this to any restaurateur i don't want to be a busybody, but i am the lieutenant governor so <laughs> look if you can if you can do dining outdoors that would be wonderful and that is safer and it's good and uh Fortunately, it's summertime, and it's not raining all the time. We, so, live Hawaii, so, we live in Hawaii, so, yeah, yeah, it's not as big a deal. So if you can do that, that is already a good first step. I'm going to be meeting with all the restaurant owners and bar owners next week to, to express some of these thoughts.
0: Ninety-four-seven Kumu, we're here with Lieutenant Governor Josh Green, Kumu Kokua. Um, sort of offshooting from that, uh, you know, one of the things about trying to do outdoor dining and stuff like that is that, you know, you have a specific area that you are licensed. So are there... Uh, is there a movement to try to either extend license areas or something like that? Because, you know, you look at some place like the CPK in Alamoana, right? It's all indoors. There is no outdoor seating. If they move things outdoors, then that area that they're in is not licensed for liquor service or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah,
2: some of the some places might need some flexibility. The the truth is right now, because we're under we're governing by executive order to a degree uh, regarding COVID, it is possible to do a lot of Interesting things in quite quickly, mm. uh, and that may be beneficial. I, I don't know that that's the answer, right? Yeah. But I will say that uh, dining outdoors is safer in general. Yeah. Um, so these are these are considerations. So, they can
0: move, so, in other words, if they can move toward doing something like that with the emergency order in place, it may be actually easier for us to
2: it'd be easier and it'd be safer and it mm. would be smart. So, these are the, that's the purpose of having some of those discussions. Yeah. Um, and and we'll do that if okay. if it's possible. So there's lots to learn right now. Although Hawaii is still very good, it's just that we are seeing what's going on in yeah. in New York, in Florida, in California, in Texas, and it, it's not pretty. So that's just one piece of it. The spread comes from all different uh, for all different reasons. The 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 spikes that we saw in this last week since we've been together, one was at a funeral, right? It was Seventeen mm. individuals. Yeah, what start. happened there? Yeah. Well, the nature of a funeral, right, is you you can't. Um, in good faith ask people not to embrace one another when their tutu just croaked, right? So, I mean, you gotta do something. And so you're hugging and and you're crying and you're together and that is also not, you can't do that with a mask on. You can, but it's it's not what you do. Mm -hmm. So, you spend two hours together and you eat and you you mourn and that's the exact recipe for spreading the disease. Mm -hmm. Spending two hours Mm -hmm. with people in very close proximity where you're trying to console them. That is the absolute easiest way to spread it, so that's why it happened.
1: I'm looking at comments that we've had from um, last week's conversation with you, as well as today, and there's a there are two things that I that seem to be uh, intertwined issues. One is the issue about the people who choose quarantine people keep asking about this how we're going to make sure that they stay in place as they say they're going to now for folks who are just tuning in and are not clear if i i'm going to try to restate it really quickly the way it's going to start uh from august 1st is that people will be required to take a covid 19 test within 72 hours of arriving here if they choose not to then they choose to they have to quarantine for 14 days as is the current order but the big question is how to make sure that we've already had quarantine breakers and um, i've been hearing some you know discussion about um, a database that uh, attorney general claire connors has been talking about also some discussion of an app can you kind of tell us where we are with that and and how we're going to make sure that people actually follow quarantine
2: yes uh, the database went live yesterday okay and it's going to work pretty well hope so it's going to work hawaii style which is decent but not (laughs) perfect for sure and it's going to be thoughtful and i think it will allow for some spot checks rather than trying to police this kind of thing on the fly down in waikiki you know you just can't just go grab a bunch of people and say you look like you're breaking quarantine i mean that's just not nice so um more more often than not i think it'll be spot checks and it'll be disciplined like that and then yes there there has been some work towards uh, acquiring a good app so that we can have communications, but one thing is for certain: just sending people a text and reminding them is no different than telling them up front, "Hey, you're in quarantine," because they you are know, like. All right, thanks, man. You know, so <laughs> right. you know, I appreciate the text. So I think it'll have to be a little bit more like that. I think that you're going to see fewer and fewer people going into quarantine as a percentage of travelers, though, because uh, well, look, people can come in home quarantine. That's no big deal. If you mm-hmm. live here, home quarantine, you know, you have your your home and you have access to it. And again, we can send some people for spot checks if we have to. Travelers will have to check their hotel rooms periodically or come and check with them at the hotel, have them come down to the front desk. And that can be very effective because they don't come down, they're facing a $5,000 fine and up to one year in jail. That's compelling. Uh, What will happen once the 72-hour testing requirement goes into effect on August 1st will be almost everybody's going to do that or else they're simply not gonna be able to afford to come for a trip. Uh, the, mm. the challenges are getting enough tests in that window, but we're trying to keep it tight, and uh, the governor's made some very good points on this matter. It's, instead of having any flexibility up front, we spent hours and hours and hours last night talking about this, having uh, having a firm, clear understanding on the mainland. Get your darn test. We expanded the nature of the tests to include all of what are called N-A-A-T tests. These are, if you Google that, that's... um. It's essentially a nucleic acid test. That includes all the PCR tests and the molecular tests, the ones that you heard, like Abbott Now and so on. These are tests that basically are over 90% uh, accurate, good enough to, to to serve the purposes of screening people and keeping the numbers down. So a lot of those tests are same-day tests, so it'll be much easier to do. You'll be, even be able to mail in and get a few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, if you live in Montana or wherever, you're far from a, a city that would allow for the test, you can mail and get it. And what will happen in my opinion is you will get your test result in time. If you don't, let's say you get your test, you know, 72 hours out and the testing just doesn't get back to you until after your flight, you will be in quarantine and the next day you'll get your result and you'll be out of quarantine. You'll be fine. That's, that's gotta be the way it works. So we will do that. We are going to have lots and lots of other questions. People are going to say, can I just get tested here? trying to lean away from that. We're trying to make sure that people are tested. We have a good assurance that they're negative before they travel. It makes for the, the flights to be less risky, though they're not very risky but less risky down to nothing. It makes for easier processing at the airport. We don't want chaos or long delays at the airport. It makes for reassurance for the governor's and mayor's uh, teams. So that's really good. So all things considered, that's the place to be. We have a couple outstanding questions like um, will all children need to be tested or not? I'll sort that out before next week. My goal is by the 10th of, of uh, July, which is actually a week from Friday. So by the time we're together next Friday, I hope to be able to tell you exactly, exactly what the rules are. But people, uh, suffice it to say now, it's 72 hours before travel mm-hmm. within the 72 hour window. Okay. And uh, I think everyone should plan on getting tested and, uh, and having their children tested if necessary. That will be sorted. There are still some questions, some open questions about what will happen for us and other people that are in Hawaii are going to go out for less than five days. If you if you want to know what I think right now, we do. Yes, <laughs> don't people should probably should not plan on little short trips right now to areas that are risky, to Las Vegas or mm. or L.A. without the understanding that. At least as of this moment, you're going to be in quarantine for 14 days when you come back as of this t- moment. You're talking
1: about mm. residents,
2: residents, anybody. OK, right. Because we technically we have to speak of anyone because we can't distinguish legally that. In fact, uh, uh, attorney general is in court today defending our quarantine. Very important. And I hope that will prevail. I'm, this is the big news today. Mm. Most important thing that's happening today uh, for covid is not what me and the governor are talking about with mayors. It's what happens in federal court with uh, uh Attorney General Connors is really terrific, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what we have to know is if you or I are going to go just for a little mini trip, if we, let's do the easy part first. If we go hey, from,
0: you can take me. Okay. We, we want to me we wanna go to. We want to go to Disneyland. Okay, right. And we'll <laughs> you, go, we'll, you and I will go to L.A. and go to Disneyland.
2: Okay, we go for ten days in that right. case. Okay, and okay. do whatever, and then get a test three days within seventy-two hours before we come back, and that's it. And uh, we're just like everybody else. Okay. If it's more. If it's uh, six days or longer, okay. If you say I want to go, Josh, with you to Disneyland for four days, well, it's too soon to take the test, but yet we've exposed ourselves to risk for that little short trip. Mm-hmm. As of now, the policy is we would be subject, like anybody else, to the 14-day quarantine. Wow. We will work through that. I, I may, you know, I I do think it's it's probably a good idea to, after 72 hours, be allowed to get a test and get out of quarantine. Mm-hmm. But expect some isolation because we let's just be very honest we will have taken ourselves out of a low-risk covid community mm-hmm. ours mm-hmm. and put ourselves into a high-risk one uh and it's really not fair to anyone else around us just because we were digging on disneyland right mm-hmm. to come back and and risk spreading so there's going to have to be some provision for that but first we wanted to get the big picture taken yeah. care of which is 85 percent of all travel to hawaii which is uh, mainland travelers.
1: Yeah. We're doing our Kumukukua segment. We hear our talking story with Lieutenant Governor Josh Green. Thank yes. you so much for joining us, sir. Lieutenant
0: Governor, we're hearing, uh, with regards to testing, equipment, testing supplies, are we doing okay? Because the mainland, they're talking all about with all the, with the recent uh, surge. yeah, yeah. They're, they're not able to get enough equipment. So
2: We've been very good lately. Uh, we've had adequate supplies for many weeks now. Sure, the surge always affects, but we we do what everyone does, which is stockpile in advance. And so I think that we, we have been running somewhere between, depending, high days, we've gone up to like the 1,300, 1,500 range. We had one day, we did 2,300 tests, but we typically test between 700 and 1,000 uh, people a day. And we've had way more capacity than we've needed for that. So I think we're very, very good. A lot of what our planning is predicated on, though, is uh, one, You know, you've heard me talk a lot about the piece of the puzzle, which is Get people to test on the mainland. Well, we're doing that so that we don't eat up our tests here. Uh, If we had the capacity to do a couple thousand tests here and we had the resources, I think we should do it. I mean, I I think that's always better to fill in any gaps, but we're not advertising that's our approach. It's not, in Mm -hmm. fact. Our approach is to ask everyone to get tested on the mainland if they're coming here, uh, because we will have some returning residents which we will want to check. We will have lots of individuals that will be concerned because there are travelers that want to get tested. There're going to be a lot of people like medics and teachers that go back to school. Uh, they're going to want to have some extra testing capacity and at hotels. So there's a lot of testing ahead. I can tell you that.
1: Good. Yeah. That's good to know. All right. Ninety-four-seven Kumu. You are listening to uh, our Kukua Talk Story with Lieutenant Governor Josh Green. A prevailing theme in the comments is that our teachers are saying they are. I've I've heard, I've seen this word used several times by different people. Terrified. And they're worried about getting back into the classroom right as we are reopening the state to you know incoming tourism. Do, do you have more details to, to help our teachers understand what to expect coming down the pike?
2: I have I do have some details but okay. I, I think in, in this case honestly it's better uh, to wait for Christina for Dr. Kishimoto to make the full announcement uh, because there are nuances and I know that they've been adjusting and improving them every day. I only have information from three or five days ago. And yes, it'll be a blend. And yes, we will do some extra spacing to make sure it's, the classrooms are safer and that masks are worn. But I, I don't know uh, specifically if she made any changes in the last, say, 72 hours of her mm-hmm. plan based on data. She's been very thoughtful about it. I, I will say this. I, I suspect it's not gonna make anyone perfectly happy or make anyone perfectly upset. There's a, you're, you're balancing a couple things. Number one, let's talk about safety. Uh, our, the safety of our archaic and our teachers has got to be number one, period. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the flip side of that is if if we have rules that are so strict that people can't even focus on education or successfully get the hours in, then it's all for naught. So uh, I think that they're balancing those conditions. I would expect that when, when children are in larger clusters, they're definitely going to be wearing masks. When they're traveling, they're definitely going to be wearing masks. Certain age groups may have... Uh, there may be less necessity. I can not tell you this. I, I did share with the superintendent the other day that less than 2% of all cases of COVID have been in children under 18, people under 18. Mm-hmm. Very, very low risk. Um, and teachers, though we do have some senior teachers, they are very rarely over 65 years old. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's where the risks start you know, rising. In fact, the risks don't really get crazy as far as um, uh, fatalities and so on. Until you get over 75, that's when the numbers really start escalating terribly. So, I think it's going to be fine. Uh, I wouldn't worry too much about the the convergence of the school calendar and travel to Hawaii because uh, travelers spend very little time in any direct contact, first with our children, and even if parents are working two jobs and one of them's at a hotel, there there are going to be a lot of safety provisions and precautions in place. So. Nothing's perfect. We're living in an era where we have a a global pandemic. And that means there will be risk all over the place. We'll just be mitigating it in large chunks. Mm. I I personally, this is just one guy's view. I think we have to have kids go back to school because you have to educate them. And and it's not normal to be educated at home in mass, especially for younger people. I think this will create, uh, this will be a catalyst for change going forward because I think universities all around the world and high schools are realizing that the old model of seven hours in the classroom until age eighteen is and then and then hours and hours at fifty thousand dollars a year in colleges is not the only way to go mm-hmm. any longer. I love that college experience, but when you can offer a great education for fifteen thousand dollars and do distance learning with with Zoom and whatnot it'll open up more opportunities for people. So lots will change. And in our high schools, I'm not too worried about some seniors and juniors always being in the classroom. I think that getting practical education, this might be the opportunity for that. Uh, Little ones though, kids that are 10 years and younger, eight years and younger, I want them in the classroom. I don't think that you can reasonably expect them to have masks effectively used and you're going to have to take some risk.
1: You're listening to our Kumukukua segment with Lieutenant Governor Josh Green. Um, also, our listeners have been asking about an area that you talked about last week as being top of mind, and that was the nursing homes. Oh yeah. Um, what uh, for you it, it needs to happen to because kupuna, as we've talked about before, are particularly at risk.
2: Yes, we yeah. have we have to keep those rules intact. I, the visitation rules, which are onerous, because if you know if your Kapuna has Um, a little bit of early dementia or just in general memory problems and senses of loneliness or depression, which are very high in the geriatric population, Mm -hmm. it's hard not to spend direct time with them. The flip side, though, is uh, if I go and see, say, my grandfather and and not only have I exposed him to whatever my risk level is, I've also exposed the rest of the facility. And so- You know these are very, very fragile people. The mortality rate's over fourteen percent for people eighty and older. I mean, if they catch it, that's a giant number. And if they have chronic disease, it's well over twenty-five percent. So, you know, it's big trouble in uh, in Hawaii if we do that. So, this is the time where we're going to have to get through the the rest of this year. We get through this year, uh, and the the winter will go quickly again. Mm. Look, we're you know we're less than six months to Christmas, man. Get ready. So, yeah, uh, seriously? Yeah. Wow. Yep. And then, uh, so half the year is gone, and then we will see a vaccination at some point. That is kind of the giant wild card that's hanging out there. And after that, we'll see. I mean, we'll get a lot better, a lot safer. Mm. I- I'll tell you this, uh, just, to, just to cause a little trouble, I'm getting a vaccination the first day it comes out if it's available are you absolutely if it's Mm -hmm. available I absolutely will I'll try to get it because I you know a lot of people want to hang out with me and see me and talk about stuff and I want to be protected for them you know I figure I'll be okay if if God forbid I catch COVID but I don't want to spread it at all and so and I also am a healthcare worker I'm gonna be on call this Sunday for 24 hours and so I mean I may develop immunity anyway who knows Mm -hmm. through seeing patients and what have you but I don't think it's um a risk that I want to take Mm. Around my family now, people will choose if they're against vaccinations; they'll make that choice, and I respect it. It's okay. Mm. But for me, that's what I'll do.
0: Okay. Ninety-four-seven, okay. uh, we Kumu, we're here with uh, Lieutenant Governor Josh Green.
1: Uh, so, uh, one of our listeners, Anna May, is asking the, the Lieutenant Governor, "How long is this virus expecting to be affecting us? Two years until a vaccine? Is it possible a vaccine? I, I guess she means like a like a completely effective one. Mm-hmm. Is it possible a vaccine may never be found?"
2: Yeah, uh, it's on a curve. So there's probably a, a five to ten percent chance that vaccine will never be found, mm. but there's also a five to ten percent chance a vaccine will come in before the end of the year, and and uh, they're working very hard. They're actually already in. Uh, they're gonna love this one. They're testing vaccinations on the military in China already. The Chinese government and this is there's been a lot of history of this, hmm. which is military forces are often the first subjects of uh, human tests. I mean, oh, it's rushed, gosh, wow. because you know, there's different rules mm-hmm. in the military mm. um, and so that's happening and the whole world's going to get that data. so uh, we'll see now so she's right though there is a possibility because coronaviruses because they burn out have tended to not be a good investment for anybody because they end anyway they take their toll they, they wreak havoc and then they're gone. SARS, MERS, and now this one, which Mm -hmm. has been a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, a lot of times you can't get the pharmaceutical industry to invest in something that they know they can't profit off of. But that's why, in this particular case, because it's such a huge number and it's in the global interest of, honestly, people and then economies, the governments are subsidizing the vaccinations in a big way. In fact, some of the companies are coming together as partners, like in clusters of four, to use all their resources to get there quicker. If this happens, it will argue for a new model because it will show that. Through collaboration, we can achieve certain healthcare successes. And it will also tell us another thing that because they were cutthroat before, they were condemning us to their own uh, greed. So, a lot of learning going on mm. about the system. I've, I'm, I'm learning more this year uh, than I ever have before. Except maybe for my internship year, that was <laughs> that was like you know that was ridiculous. Well,
0: that was also twenty four hours of being on duty, so that's a whole yeah thirty six on twelve off yeah, for exactly.
2: like two years.
0: Ninety four seven Kumu, we're here with Kumu Kokua, It's Devin and Asmi. Uh, we're here with Lieutenant Governor Josh Green. I've been reading that there are alarm bells going off because there's more thirty year olds and forty year olds who are contracting uh, COVID nineteen. Are you hearing anything about that?
2: Um. Yes, they are. So now it's a little more 50-50. It used to be the older population, yeah. and now mm-hmm. there's that. Which is why people are walking around going, oh,
0: we're good. Yeah. I'm like 30 years old. I don't have to worry.
2: Well, they're good because it's true. They don't get very sick, and they don't die. But it's right. a bimodal distribution. So two humps, uh, the younger people um, in that at the peak, the first peak, and then uh, middle-aged older people in the second peak. The difference, of course, though, is if you're in that first peak, there's very low Uh, consequence from a long-term health standpoint. I'm not saying you can't go down but fewer people do. I mean, I I did have that 51-year-old friend who died of it. I'm Mm -hmm. right in the middle. Like, this, there's this 30s and 40s and then there's the 60s and 70s i'm mm-hmm. 50 years old exactly so i'm right smack dab and then we're all kind of near yeah, that right yeah. um it's ah, weird. What? how what? old what? guys how it's old weird. Is she? <laughs> we're older
0: we're older than the lieutenant governor no no <laughs> are what? you really
2: yeah i was born in the 70s but just right at the beginning yeah and so you um might make us feel bad about that no man. it's cool you look good <laughs> and so um uh, you do you look good as no, you know. oh thanks yeah, thanks. Wow. Uh, yeah devin yeah, what sorry. a politician you got to <laughs> love it so uh, so that's that's true bimodal distribution and the mm-hmm. problem is of course that younger people then will spread it to more individuals and, and is that mm. is that kind
0: of what you what they're thinking is happening because we're having these huge explosions they i mean they're not these they're going past what was happening in april yeah, so you're like, what the heck is happening?
2: People on the mainland, they um, they threw caution to the wind, and they're going into deep, uh, dense places like restaurants and clubs, and it's spreading. It's just what's happening. And not
1: wearing masks.
2: And they're not wearing masks because, yeah, mm-hmm. younger people feel more invulnerable. And because that the, the uh, health consequence has been less, they are feeling that they can get away with it. But that's not a fair thing to do because every once in a while, some geriatric person like me or you shows up at the club, accidentally, and then we catch it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I looked at you, Devin. But anyway. What? Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: What's wrong with the club, man? No, I just, you
0: just can't go right now. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. that's one of the hard parts that people are trying to wrap their heads around. Yeah. Because then it becomes a thing of, okay, is there a tipping point where you say, okay, well, no, we'll just give it to everybody, and then there'll be this, uh, there'll be that herd thing. And you herd go, immunity. Yeah, and you mm-hmm. go, no, man, don't it, don't think be, of it that way. Maybe if you're a fascist. <laughs> yeah.
1: Evans. Yeah. 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 Well,
0: because I've because I've heard it. I mean, I you know, yeah, Facebook not, is Facebook is notorious for
2: that stuff. Twitter, a bad people idea.
0: sending all that kind of stuff around. You're going, no, man, that's not how that works.
2: If if we did that, I I have the numbers. We would have had over 4,500 fatalities. Forty-five hundred. We have eighteen. Okay. Yeah. We would have forty-five hundred fatalities oh, by late Oh, for April. Hawaii! Yeah. Wow. wow. Just in our state, and and that, and if we did that globally in the U.S. without you know without any caution, mm-hmm. what we would have, we would have seventy percent of the U.S. population would would get it within the course of fifteen months. So that would be seventy percent of three hundred fifty million is like um, you'd have two hundred and what is that 235 uh, 245 million people would would get the disease if, the, if we did that mm-hmm. and about five percent would die ten percent would have been 24 million we would have 13 million dead in the u.s if we did good that, good holy smokes and that's bad i mean that would be unbelievable and and other there, it could even be worse than that because if you do all the surges at once you overwhelm your hospital system if you yeah. s- if you spread it's like it out It's
0: happening right now right? right
2: the whole game here is you spread out the disease and you and you prevent fatalities that way because mm-hmm. you can actually provide care now you can get decadron which is the steroid 6 milligrams a day mm-hmm. for 10 days that keeps you from dying usually also, um, remdesivir might work. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And then there are. Oh, how's,
1: and how's that plasma? The plasma um, uh, rehabilitation is that working too? In short showing supply. effective.
2: You know, I've been donating blood and such a mm. lot. Well, a lot every six weeks or eight weeks right now. People should do that. You should go to the blood bank and 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 give blood now if you can because they've been short and people haven't been going out. And it would be it would be a personal, uh, you, you know, it'd be a personal. Mahalo from me, if you would go and donate blood uh, a couple times this year because they really need it and they have the capacity now to to draw the plasma. It takes a little longer, but it's no big deal at the blood bank, uh, you know, blood bank of Hawaii. They're awesome. They, they seem to put all the cutest people right in front of you to draw your blood, which is very thoughtful. And, uh, and hey, man, whatever works right yeah, now to keep people alive, right? right? And uh, it's a good thing to do. But, yeah, you can get plasma uh, plasma therapy, and yeah. that gives you antibodies.
1: And that has been – the plasma therapy has been proving to be effective?
2: It has. It Fantastic. Does. All right. You're talking about some high-expense, high-tech stuff, but we can do yeah. it. And uh, mm-hmm. But we can only do it if we got the plasma. So, uh, yes, so please do that and um, –
0: and don't run out mm-hmm. and grab the medicines that that uh, Lieutenant Governor just talked about because that's not how that works.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, you're not
0: going to buy that. You're not going to buy that off Amazon. So just just so we're
2: clear. Yeah, you can't. We do have. It's interesting. We have a supply of remdesivir from the company, uh, so that any cases that we get, if mm-hmm. we have people in the ICU that meet criteria, we can treat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this stuff's going to be expensive later, but it's going to be covered by insurance. Uh, it's not like some. It's going to be two, I think it's two thousand dollars a course. <sighs> but uh, insurance will cover it if there a lot, lot of people. But imagine, mm-hmm. though, if you had the scenario I just described, which was 240 million people in the U.S. got sick, uh, 10% of them end up in the hospital. It's 24 million people um, times 2,000. 24 million times <laughs> te- doing the math this morning. Yeah, <laughs> What's <times> happening? 2000, <laughs> Holy smokes. It, I'm million? sitting on this side,
1: and he's actually scribbling on scratch yeah. paper. Oh, is he using scratch math? paper?
2: Oh, oh, I thought yeah. Yeah. using his phone. Yeah, no, yeah. That would be, I can't no, no. see. That would be $50 billion. If we okay. if we had to treat ten percent of the population, see, he's got he's to show off for us every, so often.
0: Yeah. That's right. Not it's just good. not just the the medicine part, but that he's good. He's good yeah, at math. I, so. I
2: used to be a math quiz. Now nah, that's gone. But uh, yeah, so I mean, you see what you see what goes down, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, yeah. but I'm glad that we have the medicine now. And steroid actually, it turns out, is unbelievably cheap, which is good. Mm-hmm. It costs nothing, mm-hmm. uh, and it may actually be a better treatment, just because what it does is what steroids do is they decrease inflammation. Mm-hmm. The problem with uh, COVID, and I had a small epiphany last night, I was thinking about this medically, that normally, how do you survive pneumonia? Well, you survive pneumonia because you get antibiotics, if you're in the hospital, Mm -hmm. and we get respiratory therapists that help expand your lungs and keep them from locking down. But what's the problem with with COVID? You can't get out and walk. You can't do as much respiratory therapy necessarily because it's a risk. It can infect other people around you. So we now have a pneumonia that we are sheltering people away from everyone else and we're not letting them do what we normally would do to get them better. And so I'm not surprised that we're seeing a high mortality rate from this pneumonia. And I think that that alone might be the reason why we're seeing higher mortality in this mm-hmm. population rather than a typical pneumonia where we have no problem giving people breathing treatments, walking them around, expanding the lungs, doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't do any of that for COVID because you know, we don't want to spread it. Yeah. So. There's a lot to learn, and it's hard to learn all about a disease in four months while you're trying to prevent it, do the public health, save the people, save the economy, all this.
1: Mm -hmm. 94.7 Kumu. We're in the middle of our Kumu Kukua segment. Um, I did want (laughs) to ask, let's just get this on the record. Do you think it would help if President Trump would just wear a mask in public? Would that help? She went there.
2: So we didn't have to see him? Didn't that look at (laughs) him? Yeah, that would be awesome. We should do that.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness!
0: It'd be a much bigger mask. That's right. Yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) Uh, it's um, yeah, it would. You know, like you got to wear your mask when you're out in public with people. That's it. And then when you're speaking at a podium, okay, I get it. You don't, you can't wear a mask. But that would be that'd be big help, and it would be super duper valuable. You got to lead by example. It turns out that what I've learned. I spent 14 years in the legislature, and year and a half now in the lieutenant governor's role. The most um, positive effect you can have is doing a couple good things and leading by example. And you can do harm by, you know, getting busted for a DUI and and showing people the wrong way or doing terrible things. So I mean, you lead by example and people will appreciate that. But it's really hard to pass a law. It's really hard to suddenly find ten million dollars in a budget to build a Kalahale like I want to do. it. These are challenges, right? Those are incremental, slow changes. Uh, I plan on doing things much faster in a couple years if I'm given the opportunity like plowing ahead. But then I'll have the, you know, the opportunity to straight up do a couple projects. Everything else is leading by example. Hmm. And wearing a mask, yeah, man. Go wear a mask when you're out. You can go exercise not wearing a mask, but the president just golfs, you know? Yeah. So that's not that's not really exercise.
0: Well, they're talking about the whole, you know, it impedes my low, my oxygen levels, and it does and you, yeah, Come on. Okay, I'm trying not to incite yeah. you to swear, so... No, no, no. I, <laughs> I, I,
2: I swore last week. I know. I was,
0: like, <laughs> I was like, do I need to watch the mic over here? Because, uh, the thing, Lieutenant Governor uh, here with us on Kumu Kukua, 94.7 Kumu. Uh, just curious about the free clinic. Can we talk about that a little
2: bit? Yeah, oh, and, absolutely. And, and,
1: and two of them, actually, because we talked a little bit about Aloha Free Clinic last mm-hmm. time, but also there's a dental clinic, right?
2: Yeah, the Aloha Medical mission yesterday Ooh. they uh they launched we were over there um senator wakai and i and he's a good kind of a good friend going way back uh they the aloha medical mission launched their dental clinic over at the uh the same building that um it's the humanitarian building who, who's who owns that building uh, forgive me oh, gosh, it's a united way sorry oh, okay and uh it is beautiful uh they they received over three hundred seventy thousand dollars in donations. Uh, from the Ching Foundation and Clarence T. Ching Foundation and others, a bunch of, Dr. Wong has been supportive of them. Uh, let's see, Dr. Sai has been supportive of So many wonderful people mm-hmm. and there it is. This is a free clinic for people who have really struggled. A, a beautiful woman came in last yesterday uh, in her probably late 30s, early 40s. She had struggled in her life in a big way. She had had drug addiction and lost her teeth and was, had lost her way. And they helped her uh, Mm. through some spirituality over time, and and then they gave her teeth. You know, they repaired her mouth, and she's just wonderful. And now she's working; she's got a full time job. She's taking care of her two kids. Oh wow! Just like any of us, she's she's living in Hawaii, and she's thriving. So, they did that for her. So, Mm. Aloha Medical Mission, someone you got to support, and then the Aloha Free Clinic. We're now ramping up. Two people, it appears, were were saved from their heart attacks that Mm -hmm. they had had. Were caught. I mentioned that I think before. Uh, people should go in there. Em- Emily's there. My old uh, nonprofit, the H uh, Four, is now spending six or eight hours a day, also helping out there. And it's just totally free. Don't don't you know? Leave your ID and your money behind. You mm-hmm. know, and just go there if you have healthcare needs. It's Aloha Free Clinic at gmail.com and they have a phone number which I didn't memorize. And so <laughs> go over there. It's on two zero five five North King Street. If you need, you can walk in, you can write them for a little appointment, they'll refill your medications if you're in tough times. I think we're gonna go still through some tough times. I think that uh, because there's a big surge on the mainland, I do not think it's gonna be possible to have a a robust opening of Hawaii, and maybe it shouldn't be, okay? Mm-hmm. Be safe, right? Uh, we'll open up a little bit, more people will go back to work, we'll get more comfortable with our own kamaina economy, which is good. Uh, we will prevent surges, and then we should be fine. But go to these free places and, and get help. They're just wonderful.
0: Thank you very much. Lieutenant Governor joining us here on Kumukukua Kumu Kokua for four seven. Kumu, we've got a little bit more time here. Uh, just had a question about rental uh, about rent people yes. paying rent I know that we're gonna be running into some issues pretty soon because rents are coming due and yeah. people are still not in their jobs uh, is the state doing anything are we moving toward anything feds maybe
2: we are yes uh, a couple things so the state is teeing up500 dollars of rental assistance per per family in great need. Mm-hmm. A lot of kudos to uh, Senator Couchy and Speaker Psyche. Their leadership has been instrumental. So that's going to be key. Also, uh, Donovan Della Cruz and Sylvia Luke, right on it, right on guys. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I did speak with Senator Schatz today, and it's not, there is no announcement to make yet, but it appears that eventually uh, Congresswoman Pelosi will f- reach some kind of agreement with the leadership in the Senate. And I, no, an agreement. Well, what you know? I mean, <laughs> look, it's an election year, right? It almost so, doesn't
1: matter what the issue is. Uh, well, no, I'm no, an agreement? kidding. Anyway. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding.
2: Yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah, well, they're going to have coming. to get there because it's because it's in. I hate to say this, but it's in the Congress people's interest and it's in the president's interest to not blow this. We're, we're three months before the decision, or four months before the decision of what's the government going government to be looking like for mm-hmm. the next four years. I think it would be hard. Uh, heartless to not support people that are on the edge. Yeah. And so there probably will be a solution. It, it would be nice if it wasn't driven by that, but that's all right, whatever. So, <laughs> it's,
1: are, are we talking about something like a stimul- more stimulus? Yeah, another yeah. stimulus mm-hmm. package will
2: come, mm-hmm. I would guess. And mm-hmm. so we should not bank on that, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if that happens. Keeping in mind that today is July 2nd and July 31st is when the uh, the current federal stimulus runs out. Yeah, And now that the the virus is raging they may add it's crazy they may add another trillion dollars or something to the to the package and uh look what what you're seeing what you're witnessing is a um insurance policy to extend the length of the economic crisis but decrease the depth of the crisis for Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. and so we will be paying for this for a for a long time uh, to come but it won't be um quite as devastating for everybody
1: Hopefully Thank knocking on wood. Oh, okay. Yeah, right? On your Rise and Drive here on ninety four seven Kumu, it's Devin and Esme talking story with Lieutenant Governor Josh Green. We are heading into a long fourth of July weekend. Oh no. <sighs> uh, and so uh I just I, I imagine that is top of mind for you if you want to <laughs> give our listeners a little bit of a a talk.
2: <laughs> yes. Well yeah. it's this is the time, guys. This mm. Going into Fourth of July weekend, first of all, if I may, and, and please forgive me sounding like some kind of father figure, but <laughs> please keep keep the picnics that you have to 10 people or under, if at all possible, and definitely wear masks if you're with anyone other than your family, I- indoors, period. If we do that, we will not see an explosion of COVID. If we don't, 10 days after July 4th, we're going to have big numbers, and we just really don't want to do that. We don't want to do that to ourselves. or the economic expectation of opening up and and having this mingled problem with a spike or peak, and uh, you know dealing with that. So if you really can, please, please go look. Go to the beaches, but stick to your family unit this weekend. If you're going to have a little barbecue, just make it a little one, and um, mm. you know watch watch the illegal fireworks from further away from people. You know, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> he just referenced the illegal fireworks yeah, right there. Bit, <laughs> you know, yeah, just a bit. No, I'm
0: down. All right. He's not down. He doesn't condone it, though. Yeah. No, no, illegal. no. No,
2: no. That's different. Right. No, I'll yeah. be on call, man. People will people be blowing up fireworks in their oh, fingers, and I yeah. got to put them back oh, together. Yeah. How
0: bad is it on, on like, uh, oh, if, if you work in the. You, that get, time. you get
2: lots of that stuff. You get little yeah. burns here or there. I had one guy blow part of his face off one year. Oh yeah. <gasps> He lived. It was great. Wow. I mean, it was he great. lived. lived. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it, he, yeah, that one was an uh, extreme where a family bought an old decommissioned military uh, turret, and then <laughs> the 15-year-old dropped um, aerials into it, but there was an unexploded oh. ordnance in, oh. in the cannon, and it blew oh. off.
1: No. And oh. Right at like
2: 12.03 a.m. right after uh, Fourth of July. Oh, that was night so that was New Year's New Year's and of fourth of July same same yeah because yeah, people yeah, doing the same thing yeah. and uh, yeah so that happens and uh, oh don't do it you know, don't buy military oh explosives my. just definitely use sparklers if you gotta do something yeah
1: wow man okay. oh man yeah we're talking to you especially all those people who are setting off stuff already already yeah. not even supposed to period but not, it's been going on for like a couple of weeks now yeah in my neighborhood much. so much. anyway did you have anything else you wanted to add in closing
2: i'll say that one more time just wear masks you know wear masks during all of your gatherings over fourth of july weekend know that we're putting in place a serious serious testing requirement if anyone's going to come into the state of hawaii so serious that it's going to be hard for people to do it and mm. and you know trade-off is there right mm-hmm. to keep it Keep it good, keep it real, and, and keep the numbers down. We'll do all the other things that you can imagine. I'll be pressuring the Department of Health in a positive way to get all those tracers up and going. That's resources well spent during this crisis. And you know, we're going to be updating you a lot. I do expect again next week to have a lot more updates. Now you know it's going to be a 72-hour window if people get tested. Mm-hmm. Next week I'll know exactly what the protocols are for us coming back yeah, mm. and others that are coming back from short trips. And we will know also what all of the rules are on school on the schools. Oh, yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, gonna cancel my Disneyland trip. All right. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> for that. Appreciate it. Yeah. And, well, you know the the hardest part is the is the not knowing, is mm. sitting there going, okay, do we do this? Do we not do this? We're, you know you feel like you're right in that. Yeah. that range of of uncertainty of whether you need to do this or not and now i could say well i just talked to lieutenant governor this morning <laughs> I think we're just going to say no
2: Go in june 2021 <laughs> okay That'd be safest. Right. we need yeah. you to live thank you so
0: much lieutenant governor you we bet. appreciate
2: you being by <laughs> my pleasure um, remember it's 947 kumu kumu kumu, kumu.